Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the hodgepod of nothingness, a.k.a. the NS9 postgame show on Pittsburgh Baseball. Now, I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Cody. Cody, two nights in a row, buddy. Two nights in a row. It's insane. This You've is already put in more work in August than Jim. Hey, that's what I'm here to do. Just show up, Jim. That's what. That's my goal. I mean, the bar is very, December. very low. From here until December, that's my goal. Well, I'm glad someone likes to actually go ahead and do some work on North Shore Nine. Speaking but of doing work, also, speaking of yes. doing work, that's the first time I heard like I heard the intro. I've seen the intro, but it's the first time I heard it with the music. I got the full effect. Good job, Donardo. Oh well, thank you. But you didn't hear it last night though with Tyler. Anytime I've done it on my iPad, it mutes it. Oh, that's right, because you're yeah. doing your iPad. Yeah, right, right. Look at you now back, working on your back Mac. in the studio, man. Back on my computer because all I had to do is fix the the hertz or whatever going into the monitor for it to work. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, so glad to have you back on two nights in a row. I think this is the first time you and I've done it. When you've yes. come on, I think it's been with Ty Ty every time. Yes, the old NS nine bets <laughs> <laughs> coming back, but- coming back. Yeah, we'll see about that. No, <laughs> can't wait. But anyways, no. So the Pirates they played tonight. By the way, um, the Pirates also lost tonight. So you've been on the show what four times now? I think this is my fourth. Yeah, this is the first time you've gotten me to watch the Pirates two days in a row. Uh, what's your record of watching I've on the post game? Are they like zero oh, and post- four? I imagine. I think they. Mm, yeah, I think they're zero and four. Oh and three or four. Cool. I'm just wondering. I, I I mess around with Alex Stump now because he talks about someone actually like records like every time he's doing a game, he's at the game, right? Like their winning record. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really bad. And we always make fun of Jim, right? Every time he's at a game, how terrible it is. Jim pops off his mouth and talks about how good JT Brubaker is tonight. He goes, Oh, is JT Brubaker him? Guess when that was? Right before the fifth inning. Yeah. So we got the Rosati curse. <laughs> so I was just wondering if there's also maybe a uh a Cody curse, or I mean, hey, maybe just the Pirates are bad. And yeah, I mean, loses, why are you, you know... putting the blame on us? <laughs> <laughs> right. Good call. But let's talk about the game. So, I, like, I'll put it this way: the Braves are coming into PNC Park. The Braves look really, really good. They get stronger. It seems like as the year goes on. This year, no lie, same thing. Very, very good offense. They got some rookies that come up. Imagine this, Cody. They got some rookies that come up and they produce enough to get $72 million. That's unheard of. (laughs) So, I mean, this is a really good team. And I know they lost last night, right, the Pirates. But it really wasn't a bad game. I mean, Ronzi pitched a hell of a game against that lineup. And today, listen, let's call it for what it is. That fifth inning was bad by JT Brubaker. 
baseball, maybe baseball should do this, right? Maybe baseball should allow a role where you have to eliminate one inning. And if, if we eliminated the fifth inning today, we can talk about J2 Brubaker's fantastic start. Is that fair? That's fair, but I mean, you're gonna have to talk about talk to the commissioner about that. And he's, I mean, he might take it. He's not too fond of baseball himself, so he might want to get rid of innings. <laughs> talk about eliminate innings, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, hey, Max Free eliminates Chavis's home runs. So it's good for him. JT Brubaker eliminates his five earned runs in that fifth inning. But like, that's what I want to get at. JT Brubaker had a very very strong outing his last time out, which I didn't get to do a post game on. I think Jim did or whatever. So they go talk about that. And then today, mind you, up to the fifth inning, he was looking phenomenal again. I mean, Max Fried is one of the – not even just one of the best lefties in baseball. He's one of the better pitchers in baseball. And he showed it today, of course. Why? No, of course it's a Pirates lineup. But, I mean, he's, he's shown time and time why he's one of the better pitchers. And JT Rubaker was matching him. I mean, actually, the Pirates had the, the lead up until the fifth inning. He was looking very, very good against a very good – contrasting lineups, right? Very good Braves lineup, a very bad Pirates lineup. And JT Brubaker had the, the better half, and that's what he was doing against them. So, I mean, he looked really good to start off this game. Yeah, I mean, I think who we really should blame for this curse is Greg Brown, because as soon as Steve Blass came in the booth, he goes, wow, it's great to have Steve Blass in here for a pitcher's duel. And then look what happened. So <laughs> everybody's the curse, right? Yeah. I think Greg Brown's the curse, but I don't know I'll how much that. Greg Brown slander we like on here, but it's building in my soul. <laughs> I'll take that. I know Jim's happy it's not him and literally <laughs> everyone else who we can explain for it's not them. Again, maybe just the Pirates stink, and that's why they lose, but regardless. Uh, yeah, so I guess Steve Blass and Greg Brown, we could blame them also, but it was. like It was a very good matchup at that point, and then the fifth inning came along, and he was just getting wrecked. And the thing about this too, like it's not as if now, mind you, there like there was a home run, but it's not as if like this team was just popping off and hitting homers off him. No, it, but he was. It felt like up. watching the old uh, Cardinals games because they, they kill you with singles. That's what it felt and, like. And, and like that's part of it. That's the thing. He had six straight hits. But what I do want to say is like they weren't just bloops. Like it wasn't like he was just getting babied to death. He was getting hit hard. I yeah, mean, they end up yeah. all like being singles, like you're getting to. But in the fifth inning alone, one, two, three, four, five of those six hits were 100 miles an hour or higher. I mean, yeah. they were not just connecting, but hitting him very, very hard. So it was a it was a very bad inning for him. Yeah, <laughs> and it no, wasn't just like it's bad rough. luck. It reminds you of the old pitch to contact days that people used to say about Garrett Cole. It's like, oh, he's got a pitch to contact. It's like, maybe he should try to avoid the bat. <laughs> yeah. So, going on to J.T. Brubaker. I mean, actually, that is what he was doing for most of the game up until the fifth inning. He was inning. doing great. And he, got, he was getting some calls. I mean, both sides were getting the same calls. I'd say the, ump, the umping was behind the plate was consistent. There were those balls off, the, off to the side that were getting called strikes. Should have been balls. But he got a couple of those, and he's got he got strikeouts with them. So... He he was dialed in. He knew what the umpire was going to call, and I hate that that guy just spelled my last name with a C. That's ridiculous. What are we doing here? <laughs> Don't hit on Bucket Mike. It's a treasure. Freaking Mike. He he's always coming after me. I hate it. 
anyway. but anyways, as you were saying, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he was he was in the zone, but like you said, just one inning, one inning is all it takes to change a a start from great to bad. Unfortunately, yeah, and, that and that's really what it, it did, and like that's the unfortunate. That's why I want to like if you look at the box score. And that's what I feel with the post game. I really want to talk about this and dive into that aspect of it. Like, if you look at the box score, you say JT Brubaker, six point innings pitched, six earned runs, nine hits. Like, here's JT Brubaker, the guy that fell apart at the end of the season last year. Like, you can't trust him. And, and like, the thing is, when I, my biggest takeaway from this game is the fact that it's August 23rd and how effective he has pitched in back to back games. Like, if you just look at today's box score, it tells you the opposite. But honestly, like, the, the guy that I saw for most of this game, as I tweeted out, there's a lot of question marks with him coming into this year. For one, is he even a starting pitcher? And yeah. for two, which is part of the first question, how can he hold up? You know, I, as, as much as I think Tyler and Jim all kind of felt, you know, he might not be the best pitcher in the world, obviously. But I feel like a lot of his disaster last year was the fact that that was the most he's pitched, like his whole career. I mean, all the injuries he had probably just fell apart. So I was kind of, to a degree, you want to say excited about. I was excited to see like what he could do this year now with like a full bill of health, the innings under him. And so like that's where I'm coming from. Like my biggest takeaway is it is August 23rd. And yes, the box score doesn't show it in that sense, but he still looks like a starting pitcher and yeah. a quality one. Yeah, no, like it's it's a case of you got to watch the player instead of his, you know, like you said, the box score. Watching that game, I was like, damn, he's looking good. And like it's it's literally just you can't look at it just on paper, you know. You, you see what the guy has, and I really think that he, from what you're saying and from what I've seen this season, he has what it takes to be a serviceable starter in the rotation. For years to come, he's going to have a bad game every once in a while. He's going to get unlucky, but he's got the tools. Right. Now, it's a great observation. You know, he's not like a frontline starter. Exactly. He's not going to be number one, number two, probably number three, you know, but like that's where we're getting at it. But he is a starter. He's not the perfect pitcher. He's not a great pitcher, but there's many questions on is he even a starting pitcher? And I think, like, right now, I can put a big, giant check. JT Brubaker is a starting pitcher. And I have a lot of faith in him going at least next year. All right. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself and say he's part of the future, 2024, 2025, or whatever. But, like, I feel comfortable and confident right now that JT Brubaker is a starting pitcher and probably one of our more reliable ones and effective ones for next year. But, like, I can be confident in his abilities. I'm not going into the next year with the same questions about JT Brubaker, even after today's start. So, and, and again, he's every start now going forward extends his um, season long. So, as mentioned, he pitched 6.2 today. He's now at 127 innings pitched for the season, which is up from his last year of 124.1. So, he has broken his season long in uh, innings. So, uh, again, like, all those questions have been answered. And the fact that, like I said, my biggest takeaway was it's August 23rd. And for those 4.2 innings, or 5.2 innings, I guess you could say, he looked like a very good, competent pitcher. And you got to remember, he's playing a, a team that is competing right now. They're, they're trying to catch up to the Mets. They're trying to make sure they get into the playoffs. 
they weren't going to take it easy tonight. They didn't care who they were playing. Whoever like, they're saying, every win is a win closer to a pennant race. You know, so it, it's what it, it is. What it is. Brew Baker is better than okay. He is good. Not great. Not phenomenal. Good. And I think the verbiage that could get lost, like good and okay to me are kind of the same thing. It, but, yeah, depending on but the, the thing person, is like, yeah. he, he is okay. He is okay. At this moment. Yes, he is. Okay. You need that. Like this team needs a lot of okay pitchers. They don't really have many of those, but of course, like going forward, they're going to need better than good or okay. They're going to need something that's borderline great. That's what they were lacking. But anyways, we'll move past that. But yeah, and, and back to JT Baker. Another thing just of note, I mean, his slider looked so good last game. Same thing today. He had 11 swing and misses on it. 23 total swings on the slider, 11 misses, 48% whiff rate. I mean, they couldn't touch it. It's a great pitch. <laughs> That's what I mean. He's got the tools. He just gets unlucky sometimes. Yeah, so... I just really wanted to make sure, like, we stressed that, you know, box score looks like, okay, here we go. Same old JT Brubaker, end of the year, he's falling apart. But honestly, I saw a much different perception of that today. Um, but, I mean, numbers don't lie. It still happened. It is what it is and was not a good start for him. And I'm sure he's not walking away from this saying, I did good. Yeah. The competitor in him is probably saying a few choice words at himself or whatever. And <laughs> it's fair. But, like you said, it's this is a damn good lineup. Um, but overall, I come away pretty pretty pleased. But let's move on to the next pitcher. There's another guy we've been talking about all year long who we feel like it's just like, when are the wheels going to fall off this guy? But it's Chase DeYoung, and he continues to do it, like even though all the underlining things for the most of the season just hasn't come together and shown like he should be a good pitcher. He's doing it. So he comes in, he cleans up JT's mess a little bit, um, goes 2.1 scoreless innings again lowers his era to a 2.13 i mean we're getting towards elite numbers as far as like that goes right Pump uh, but, but, for, <laughs> but i'm saying like when you talk about reliever and like you know era if you look at, take the name out if i just said this is a reliever that's thrown i can't even know off the top of my head but i'm sure it's, it's close now like 55 innings pitched on the year um i'll look it up for sure but he's at 2.13 era you're probably sitting that's pretty damn that, you talk about good and okay. That's really, really good. You can fill in for me if you'd like. I just, I, I don't know these guys. The only people out of the pen okay. that I know are Bednar and Will Crow. So I was just looking up to find out. So it's, yeah, it's 50.2 innings pitched on the year so far. So like it's a decent sample size. Yeah, I mean, he's come yeah. in quite a bit. But here's um, the thing is 20, they, don't do, they don't do an all-star game at the end of the year. <laughs> like he's he's putting up these good numbers, right? It's not going to matter in, in the end of September, beginning of October, because you're not in the playoffs. It'll matter when Pujols has six ninety nine. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, what'll matter. Man. No, but, I need what? I need six ninety eight. Because what? A Rod's at six ninety seven. For your bets, you'll win it. You'll win it 698, I think, like you said. Yeah. But pull whole stage. I was watching so I was out. doesn't win it at PNC Park and and then everyone else wins. I was out today. It was a Tuesday fun day for one of my girlfriend's friends' birthday. You mean your fiance? It's, don't you get on this train. 
but no, we were out and we were at a bar and they had the the Cubs Cardinals game on, and I think it was Pujols' first at bat, and he got struck out on a ball on the paint of the other batter's box, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" <laughs> and then I go to Twitter and everybody's up in arms. They're like, "Come on up." We got history riding on this thing. What are you doing? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm glad I'm not the only one freaking out about like every at bat that he has right now. <laughs> All you D-Gens. <laughs> but I'm with you. I I wouldn't mind him seeing 700 for other reasons. Um, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. So like back to Chase DeYoung. You know, it's just he doesn't strike out a ton, but that's like the thing that's kind of changing too. Like he's striking a lot more these days. I mean, the 2.1 innings pitch he had today, four strikeouts. The, the K rate is actually climbing a bit. I mean, he's been pedestrian, but has good numbers, but he's actually looking better these days too in what he's doing. So like, I don't know how much I want to fall in love and believe in this, but it's been a long enough time frame where he's, he's doing it and it, it's yeah. working. And I got to give him the props and the kudos at this point. Well, I mean, I have already, but it's like, he, he continues to do this. And again, like his ERA is at a 2.13, another really, really good outing from him. Uh, so Chase DeYoung, I mean, great job, I guess. Good, good going, buddy. <laughs> good job at being decent on a mediocre team. <laughs> oh, what we clamor for. All right. Do we want to get to the offense? I mean, good job, Chavis. You did something. <laughs> <laughs> you did something. And I, I swear, I, I was watching a cut in this one, specifically this one at bat by Hayes. I want to say it was a second at bat where the first pitch he let go. It was a beautiful hanging curveball, right, right where he could have he could have popped it out and got at least a single with it. And he lets it go for a strike. Next pitch, same curveball, but it's like six inches below where the other one was and it's not even in the strike zone. He's putting everything into it and he misses. I'm like, I, I understand pitch selection. You want to make sure you're not swinging at everything, but you got to read that first one and say that one's hanging a bit and it's in the zone. I should swing and not be like, well, now I, I have a, two strikes on me. I got to swing at everything. That was just frustrating. Welcome to Andy Haynes pirates. <laughs> It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively, this game was certainly frustrating. That's that's probably an accurate stat, by the way. <laughs> Welcome, Mike says your betting record last 30 bets, seven for 23. Yes. <laughs> Again, Max Freed, one of the better pitchers in baseball. This lineup is one of the worst lineups in baseball. Yeah. And it fluctuates every night. Of being the worst or you know third worst <laughs> tonight they decide we'll go with third worst which was which was kind of pleasant you know so Hayes comes back from the IL there's no pa Padlo gets optioned back down to Triple A so he's gone there's no Van Meter in the lineup so it's like at least they're not putting the worst of the worst in here yeah it's still the Pirates though I mean the, the selection of players is still pretty piss poor and that's why you still have their Greg Allen and Marcanos and delays at the end of this this order and such. But again, it's not the greatest lineup. It's a really, really good pitcher. So you would imagine that Brubaker had to pitch amazing for them to even sniff a win. Uh, and that's pretty much what the case was. Chavis, as you mentioned, 
congrats to Chavis. He does get Good that job, home run. His first at bat uh, against Max Fried, which Chavis versus lefties again. He's is a god. So that happens, and then it was Sayonara. The offense yeah. is gone. As a whole, the Pirates had three total hits. They had one walk. So that's four base runners they had all game and nine strikeouts. Max Freed threw eight innings, 95 pitches in those eight innings. This game, and again, I'm not complaining because we're 20 minutes into this postgame right now. There's always like a 10-minute delay up to, you know, for us to start this. And it's not even 10 o'clock yet. <laughs> yeah. That's, this that's game convenient. <laughs> was cruising. So again, I'm not totally complaining, but Max Freed just went in and out, in and out. Lunch pail guy. Yeah. Went in, did his work, came out. <laughs> Very efficient, too. He does not like overtime. <laughs> oh. <laughs> get that job done. He's a company guy. What's the company to make money? He does his job, you know. Doesn't want yeah. to take extra money. <laughs> right, right. So uh, Max Free looked really good, 12-4 and four in the year. Uh, the offense was in shambles. So outside of, obviously, Chavis' hit, Gamble had a little bloop down the – the foul line and past third right field. I'm sorry, left field. And then Jason Delay also had a bloop. That one went into right field, I believe. And that was your offense. Now, I mean, there were a couple of base runners at the end of the game. That seems with the Pirates, you know, they love to do that. They they do fight back. They claw back. They again end up scoring. But they provided a little small bit of hope that another run was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, now what's like I think about this sometimes because you know I'm not I'm not a big baseball guy. I, I peruse. I peruse what are you talking baseball. about? Look at all those baseball jerseys behind. Yeah, look at you. those baseball jerseys. <laughs> I got got my Maz picture right there, man. Anyway. Where's your Kendall like, poster? It's on the ground. It fell. I see it. I yeah. see it there. <laughs> I see the O N. <laughs> yeah. But no, so it's like I always think I'm like, you know, we have such a we're told we have such a good farm system, right? Everyone's so good down there. And you got to think that's because of the coaching, right? Why aren't we promoting from within? Why aren't we promoting the coaches from the minors up to the majors along with the players that they've been coaching to the playoffs, to championships, so on and so forth. Instead, we get the bottom of the barrel managers and pitching coaches and batting coaches. Let's circle back around to Dave White's comment actually about 15 minutes ago. Okay. Not that this, this is totally just on us, but Braves have a better player development. We're talking about the rookies coming up and how they're producing, yeah. right? And that's part of the problem, Cody. What you're saying actually isn't totally true, and that's part of the problem. Okay. You hear about the farm, and yes. the farm's been good because on paper and the drafts and stuff, but like the actual production hasn't really been there. Now, for some of them, of course it is. But not everyone's having a really good season this year. And, hey, you know, when, <laughs> when your catcher comes back from being injured uh, because he gets hit by the pitches too often, and he comes back today as a DH, and his first at-bat, he gets hit by a pitch again. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's the 2022 Pirates for you. you just, it, he stayed in the game. He's healthy. Okay, so fingers still crossed. Henry Davis is healthy, but like he can't stay on the field 
anyways, what I'm getting at is the production really hasn't been there for a lot of these guys. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't see some of them. I'm with you. I don't understand why Greg Allen is not even so much on the team, but getting starts every day. I mean, we got to talk about it every time he's up there, but now his batting average down to 179 of the year. His OPS is a 537. He's a terrible player, and he's about to be 30 years old next year. What are you doing? Like, what's the point of having him here? As you know, we alluded to a little bit more the last time Tyler and I were on. And I'm just gonna keep pounding this. It's like, when does Swaggerty like get his actual chance? When I tweeted all those numbers out there the other day, basically talking about Allen's numbers and Van Meter's numbers and you know Pavlov's numbers and such, and like here's Swaggerty in AAA. It's not that they're sexy. It's a 109 way to runs created plus. He's not killing it. But listen, the dude's 25 years old now. Like he's not a young buck either. He's 25 years old. He's he's holding his weight in AAA. You know, like he's not underperforming. It's just not that he's blowing it away up there or down there. But these guys aren't. When is he going to get his real chance? Cal Mitchell yeah. got his chance. He's doing phenomenal in AAA, but he got his chance and he struggled. Like, when do you bring up Swagger and say, "Here, get it your is- at bats"? It's already August 23rd. Get some experience in in the major leagues because you're gonna be part of the future whether it's a big part or a small part probably and it's basically like you're just asking ben Sherrington, where are you going to put all your eggs in one basket when are you going to take a gamble on the players you have and see if they can play instead of right. signing the van meters and the i don't even know this other guy you guys keep talking about because he's so irrelevant <laughs> like when are you just going to take the guys that are in your farm system and say hey you're here. You're here for a reason. Play the game. Try to win. Right. I would be I, – I think the entire fan base would be way more happy if you just put those guys on the field and they still lose because then at least your your investment is on the field. So you kind of mean like, you know, with the whole comment of the hodgepodge of nothing this came from when they were talking about the Royals and how, you know, they might, because the Bright Sox just came from playing the Royals. And Eckersley was like, yeah. you know, hey, listen, we, we also saw a bad team, but like at least they're out there playing guys that matter. This is part of your future. Like those are the guys there opposed this hodgepodge of nothingness because who's Josh Bameter? Who's Kevin Padlow? Who's Greg Alec? Who are these guys? They're nobodies. They've been nobodies. And here they are with the Pirates because they're nobodies. Every other team exactly. has said, we want you gone. And they're not, helping, they're not helping the future of the franchise. They're not helping the current future anything. They probably exactly. have taken away past wins as well. I think the Pirates lost 17 wins from 2019 just because of the other team. Like, they're helping nothing. They're, they're taking away from the past even. But it's like, here's <laughs> – and, and people want to talk about, well, the Royals aren't producing. What do you guys are stupid are talking about? I'm like, okay, Bobby Wood Jr. hit another home run tonight. Like, yes, they are. They're getting yes, they MLB at-bats. They're getting MLB playing time. They're, they're learning how to play the game at the highest level. Few things. Yes. <laughs> For the people who are saying they're not producing, you're, you're wrong. They are. The other thing is – they're getting real-life experience in the majors. That's an important part. And again, I'm not talking about a 20-year-old in AAA who's an Uber prospect that I want up here too early. I'm talking about a guy who's 25 years old now. 
it's it's time to like get them up here, get that experience. And here's the other thing too, which I've kind of said a little bit on Twitter and such also, but, and I, I understand this and I'm a believer in it. And it's, it's not like, I have a bit of a problem of all these rookies up here. And like, what I mean by that is you, you can't have a roster of 26 rookies. You just, you can't, that's not wise. You, you need some veteran leadership. These guys, you need some guys that have been here. They know how to prepare. They can take you under the wings. Do you know? Like they know how to win. You need something in a clubhouse. Otherwise, you have a clubhouse that's lost. Just a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing and trying to figure it out. Do it. They're just trying to figure it out themselves. And it's like that's why. I mean, it's very unrealistic. I think. But my whole like, I was like, why don't we pick up McCutcheon this past off season? He doesn't have to be an everyday starter. Even though he's capable and that's what he wants to do. He would be, though. Too. He would be. <laughs> he would Considering been. this team, he would be. But he's literally someone who has literally been there with the Pirates. He's the perfect, like, player's coach in that aspect. to be, And for people to be like, hey, we got a big game coming up. Like, what, how do we handle this? He's been there. He's done it. He's hit the walk-offs. He's made the big plays. Who better to learn from than that guy who's he's been there also quite literally had the with struggles. the team before? Yeah, and he's had the struggles. You're right. Right. And now our veterans are Brian Reynolds, I guess Cabrian Hayes. But that then, that's the thing. I, I mean, Reynolds is a veteran, but he's pretty much had to do it on his own because like, when he's really been here, there's been a hodgepodge of nothingness. He's yes. had to be that guy that's learned it on his own. So it's so like getting back to my point about, you know, a team full of rookies. Like I understand like you want some veteran presence, but here's the problem with that. And here's why you have to just go back to just play the kids. Who the hell are the veterans? So you take out Gamble. Gamble is Gamble. Like I'm fine with that. I, I think he deserves to keep playing. I want him on this team because he presents that. But like, are you keeping Greg Allen here because he's that veteran presence? Like just because he's, old doesn't mean he can provide any of that i mean he's rode more buses than anyone else on this team like what's he gonna what experience is he passing down to a swaggery to um a castro to, to whomever you know josh vammy the same thing like these guys that you want dfa'd that are here that aren't part of that they're not the veterans and that's, that's what i keep getting to like that's where charrington missed you didn't you failed to sign anyone that matters that can provide that. So going back to the Royals, like what have they done? Like, yes, they have these young prospects up to that are part of the future and they might not be producing to your level, but the, by the way, they are producing. But the biggest thing is that not only they're getting MLB experience, but they're getting it behind a Sal Perez who won a world series for them. A Michael Taylor, who's been with the Nationals that they traded for. And Andrew Benatini, who came from the Boston Red Sox, right? You had Carlos Santana, who's one. Like, they brought in real, meaningful, veteran leadership that these young guys are soaking in so much knowledge and information and just whatever from that Josh Vamir ain't providing. So, like, if, if you're not going to supplement a roster with those type of players, to give you true reason to hold down some of your prospects in the minors, 
get them up here and play them. That's why, like, Swaggerty, there's no excuse right now that Swaggerty isn't in the majors. He's had over 400 plate appearances in AAA. He's 25 years old. He was a top prospect. Not that, like, matters big picture, but, like, the pedigree's there. The shorter injury is gone. Like, you don't hear anything from it anymore. Get him here and play. There's no reason to have Greg Allen go 0 for 3 today. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, do you think that's why Charrington signed Clint Frazier last year? Because he thought that would be the veteran presence? Frazier? Clint Frazier. You mean Todd? Todd, whatever. I was like, that That didn't happen. <laughs> both, both irrelevant. Um, but anyway, you know, yeah. Yes. Todd the Frazier old, actually old, fits that mold. The guy that was really mean to people. <laughs> yes, I I really did like the Fraser signing. I like the because... idea of it. I like the idea of it. But mm-hmm. when you then ask him to produce on a daily basis, and he doesn't, yeah, you do what you you do what they did, and you had to cut him. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I I liked it. I liked it. He was terrible. And but the thing is, like, they, they I also think he was better. He thought he was better than oh, yeah. the whole thing. He didn't. Oh, he yeah. didn't care. I bet you if a young guy came up to him for advice, he wouldn't have said he would be like, dude, figure it out. I'm not no. I'm here for a year to co- collect a check. I don't know Todd Frazier that well. I don't know if I get that vibe from him. He seems like a likable guy within a clubhouse players, maybe not so much media, but, but players. He seems like he's probably a likable guy. Yeah. Um, so like I'll give him that, but the, listen, like let's be real, the pie for a last resort. It's not that he chose the Pirates. The Pirates chose him. Yeah. And again, it didn't work. But here's the thing. Like, but they moved on. Like, why can't they move on this year? Right. You're right. Exactly. You moved on once. Do it again. Or do you just see it as you're wasting money? Because, I mean, either way, you're wasting money. I don't know. I mean, these guys aren't getting paid. They're all on pre-arb contracts. It's going to cost them nothing to DFM and get the next guy up here. But anyways, yeah, that's it's again like where I'm at. I mean, it's it's almost about to be September now. We're basically getting like gearing up to the last month of baseball. Get these guys some freaking MLB experience. Get Swagger up here. I mean, you 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 dicked around with him that week that he was here. Yeah, get him some real MLB at bats. I mean, it's it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't even help because every lineup has been a different lineup. For every almost every game, how do you how do you how does someone get comfortable if you're going to put them second in the lineup for a day or two and then you put them seventh in yeah. the lineup? How does someone get into a groove? You know, defensively too. Uh, I think credit to Alex Stump. I think he's the one who put it out here. But um, you're talking about offense and like, even defense. That's one of the things too. Like everyone has to play a different position. Like why can't you just have someone adequate at a position? And yeah. I think uh, why can't we sign? Why second... can't we sign a true left fielder? Why can't we sign a true first baseman? <laughs> well, yeah, you only have two outfielders on the team. But anyways, I think uh, the Pirates are second behind the Giants in like the most positions played. So, but anyways, I think we could wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> the game. Uh, the game act again. Like it was. It was a really good game outside of one inning. You could pretty much call it, it was a pitcher's duel if you take out the fifth inning. <laughs> Just sucks the fifth inning happened, and it turns out being a 6-1 game, and Brubaker has a terrible-looking start. But he pitched pretty pretty effective for most of it. 
still intrigued. Still want to see how he finishes out the season. Um, but again, like as every start passes, it seems like that box just keeps getting checked and you're feeling more confident about him. The offense is still terrible. Don't see any change in that either. Um, and again, like shout out to Chase Dale. He's, he's performing. So with that said, <laughs> Cody. Donardo. Any last words, anything else you want to say before you dip out of here for your last show of the week? Our Monday, Tuesday guy. In two Tuesdays, we will hopefully have NS9 bets back, back if I could talk. September 6th. Don't know a time yet, uh, but it's coming. It's coming. We got, I already got my bets, my, my preseason bets in. I think I talked about those last night. Uh, we're excited. And there's my betting record again. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's more about the fun and the discussion than it is about us being right every time. There you go. Sure, you want to win the money, but it's all about the friends you make along the way. Eh, money is just semantics. That just gets in the way of the fun. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, there you go. So check it out. Two Tuesdays from now, two weeks from now, and it's nine bets returns. I'm excited. Just because I low-key love when you guys fail and I get to make fun of you. Hey, that's not nice. Actually, in, in the group chat, very high-key. In public, <laughs> kind of low-key. <laughs> but there you go. All right. Well, then, with that being said, Pirates do play tomorrow, as I always do. I did not look forward to see. So it's a 12.35 start, by the way. It's an afternoon game. But it is Mitch Keller Day, and they play – they face Cal Wright, who's actually having a really good year again. Yeah. So, Mitch Keller, Day, still very intrigued by him. Basically, the two pitchers, JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller, I'm sure. Oh, I guess Ronzi, he's back, if we can consider him again. Um, so, yeah, so Mitch Keller, Day, intrigued. And I guess we'll find out what we're doing because it is Wednesday. Jim, I think, is going to be back. Who knows? But it's an afternoon game, so he might be doing it by himself in the afternoon. He better be doing it by himself in the afternoon. Jim has like the next three weeks all by himself. <laughs> I hope he gets drunk for all of them. Right. Like all me right. and Tyler last night. <laughs> <laughs> you and your wine. Hey, that's good. Good old Franzia. There you go. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, once again, appreciate you coming along for the ride, watching us. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>